ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Dying Time is here. That's right, we're talking about Commando on Kill by Kill. Well, greetings and salutations, Internet. It's your old pal Patrick Hamilton coming to you once again from somewhere in the valley along Ventura Boulevard. This is the Kill by Kill podcast where we are dedicated to celebrating the least discussed component of any horror film, the characters. But of course, we're switching it up for this bonus episode. We are talking about the 1985 Kill 'em Up classic, Commando, and the hopes that uh, an unfortunate uh, black marketeer of arms or passports, death, is only the beginning of the jokes that we can make about them. And as always, there's only one person that I trust that if I get hauled away to the pokey, she will blow up the paddy wagon I happen to be in to spring me. The one, the only, Gina Radcliffe. How are you doing, Gina? I'm great. I'm I'm incredibly excited and a little boggled at the response we've been getting to to <laughs> ever since we even started hinting that we were going to be doing Commando. I, mm-hmm. I I think that people are just tired of hearing us talk about Jason Voorhees, and, and they're ready for something <laughs> fresh and new, like a nearly thirty-five-year-old action movie. Yeah, I mean, people are a little tired of us talking about a a hulking killing machine and they'd like us to switch it up and talk about Jason Voorhees. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry about Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> They're he, so different. He doesn't quite have the ability to teleport, but you know what? I fully expected him to be able to gain that, that, uh, that, that ability in this movie. He we damn well could that. do almost everything else. <laughs> we haven't hit that third act yet. So who knows how it'll go. Once we get there, but I don't want to alarm you, Gina, but uh, we are not alone. That is right. We have a special guest. Uh, She is the one and the only Amy Matsumoto. How are you doing, Amy? Hi there. Hello. Happy to be here. (laughs) I'm so glad you're here. Um, We had a bit of a, a guest snafu. And Amy is a dear old friend of mine who's coming in to rescue us in our desperate time of need. So I ripped the uh, passenger seat out of her car and I kind of kidnapped her onto this podcast. Uh, Amy, we have a bit of a tradition here. Uh, We always ask our guests, what is the first time you saw the film that we happen to be watching? So when was the first time that you saw Commando? I first saw Commando maybe when it came out. 1985 I guess I was 11 years old Mm -hmm. oh I guess I shouldn't say my age should I I'm old (laughs) there it is (laughs) uh and then again uh about 30 minutes ago (laughs) (laughs) so in the meantime Commando didn't call your name you didn't like you know what I need to watch tonight is Commando that never happened to you no no Arnold's hot though this is the hottest in in the those were the hot years yeah yeah There's one scene that you didn't get to see because it's very early on in the movie and we were under a time crunch, but he emerges out of the forest with a chainsaw for a penis. And it's just a very tight uh, shot of his bicep with sweat on it. You could see the individual beads amongst the sinew there (laughs) and it's intensely sexual. Yeah, I, okay. I, he doesn't. It, it it amuses me that at no point uh, once he's off that plane does he bother button his shirt all the way back up. No, that he's, he's, let just, it fly. He, he's just exposed. Yeah, no, that would be upsetting if he buttoned it back up. I think I would. I would think I would stop watching at that point. What's the point? No, we don't want a business like uh, Matrix. We want someone who's you know playing it fast and loose with the rules. 
and not um, and, and and not and not buttoning his shirt up all the way. For all we know, they could have been ripped open in that wind. He seemed very hot throughout the whole movie. I mean, he was sweating. He was sweating profusely, even when they were inside the mall. Like malls are cold. Why is he sweating? <laughs> Technically, he is wet from a, from jumping out of an airplane into the wetlands. His, his clothing LAX. isn't wet, though. His body is wet. His clothing has somehow dried. Oh, that's true. Yeah. There was no sweat stains. No. There's no... Re- this is so he's, unrealistic. He's wetter inside the airport than he is outside the airport when he's running around the, uh, the tarmac. Yeah, For the rest of the movie, they're like, he's going to be super wet. And then they forgot to douse him. They forgot. <laughs> and let's remind, let's remind the listeners that he has just literally ripped his way out of an airplane. <laughs> this is not the most remarkable thing he does with his bare hands, as it turns out. No. And his shirt was tucked in the whole time, I think, too, wasn't it? Well, yeah. I mean, that's he's a tucker. He's a proper gentleman. He is. He wants a defined waist. Um, because the rest of him is just one undefined uh, muscle mass. Oh, I don't know. The way you say it makes it sound bad, Patrick, but <laughs> agree to disagree. I, no. Listen, different strokes for different folks. Uh, well, but- a lot of strokes. I mean, a lot of folks liked his strokes for <laughs> many years. You heard it here first. But then a lot of folks tough. liked his strokes. Good to know. Well, uh, before we get going, let's do a quick body count. Who is still left alive at this point in Commando? First and uh, foremost, of course, is John Matrix, played by Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's the kind of spree killer you want to take home to mom. Uh, and then we have General Arius, who is dressed up like the Mater D of a Jungle Cruise-themed restaurant. Uh, we have Bennett. He's the main henchman. He's, he's, he's basically our number two. Uh, and he appears to have stepped directly out of a Billy Idol backup band into this movie, like off of one set and into this one. Yeah, much of much of Bennett's uh, uh, stage direction in the script is smirks evilly. <laughs> he, he, he smirks a lot. He he lets his smirking do the talking. Yes, very much so. Uh, also, he barely has any lines in this section of the movie. Um, the other part is here we have Jenny Matrix. Now, this is John's daughter. Um, as always, she is dressed up in good guy doll cosplay. <laughs> it's a great look at her. Uh, then we have Sully. He's a, one of these henchmen. Uh, he's a man of confidence who is unafraid to wear Italian women's sunglasses for men indoors. <laughs> and, and three different patterns all at once. It's crazy. He looks like a, a wallpaper display case. Just like <laughs> threw up onto a zoot suit. And he's like, I'll have that. A wallpaper display case. Well, it, it's all these different patterns. There's a, a hatching that's on his suit. And then his knit tie. <laughs> knit tie. <laughs> yeah, it has the, three different versions of gray and black on it. And then he's and got, his got a shirt has he, patterns. He's got a, a, a yeah. unusually horizontally striped dress shirt, which you don't often see. You know. That it's not very flattering, even to no. a even to a very, very small man. And he is an extremely small man. He's slight. He's uh he's I, I think you accurately put it in the last episode. He's a weasel. Yes. Uh, but a weasel dressed up in a zoot suit. And I think that's the best kind. <laughs> he does not have a fedora. He, he does need to the fedora to complete the, com- to complete the whole Judge Doom henchman look. 
it's hard to put on a fedora and then drive around in a Porsche with the top down. It's just not a hat. He's not a very intimidating guy. Maybe the designs on his clothes are supposed to be intimidating. (laughs) His his ability to smile while clenching a cigarette in his mouth is probably, you know, that that's his that's his gimmick. I mean, of course, it also makes him look like he's about to you know, eat someone's face off. But you know, it, it, it's charming in a, in a sleazy sort of way. The way he died was pretty bad. That was pretty lame. Well, let's for get, him. <laughs> let's get into it before before Sully dies. Though we we have all new people to introduce to this. Uh, we're only half an hour into the movie. We see Sully on a public phone informing uh, General Arius that Matrix is on the plane to Valverde. Uh, it's a direct flight, so that must have cost a pretty penny because it's going to take 11 hours for him to get there. Cut to Long Beach Harbor, just there today. It looks like Dan Hedaya in this scene is dressed up like his outfit was from J.C. Penney's Casual Dictators collection. <laughs> it's a little soft. It's a little I'm flowy. Familiar with that. I, I, it's a very it's a very deep section in jc penny there's a lot of soft tans with epaulets it's cool. and then he's got that old school brick cell phone that has a giant power pack that has a handle on it and he kind of looks like my aunt on her way to the mall he just doesn't scream this is a deadly villain i'm supposed to be afraid of that's what I'm yeah, none of this. At. I mean, of the of the the whole crew, none of them are particularly intimidating, except Bennett and um, Bill Duke's character. Yes, the, the rest of it, it's like it's like you know, two of them together might be fairly intimidating on their own, not so much. I mean, Sully would be intimidating if you brought your girlfriend to the office party and you're like, I don't trust that guy at all when he hands uh, my girlfriend a drink. But that's the only time he was really intimidating. I just wanted to see, I, I feel that the movie ultimately lacks something from a scene in which Sully goes to attack Matrix and Matrix does that cartoon thing where he puts his hand on his head and then Sully's just kind of swinging, you know, <laughs> impotently being, and not, you know, not making contact and, you know, and just Matrix just standing there like, yeah, whatever, are you done yet? <laughs> just pinwheeling his and, arms. Yeah, and just making, yeah. and just making an eh, 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 sound like an angry little monkey. <laughs> From uh, this phone call, we learn that Arius uh, has been reunited with Jenny Matrix and with Bennett. Um, He lets Jenny know that her dad is doing what he's supposed to do. And that because of that, they will eventually be reunited. He says, won't that be nice? And she responds, not as nice as watching him smash your face in, which is very harsh, even for a tween. <laughs> Tweens are intimidating, way more intimidating than Sully will ever be. Yeah, I mean, she's just glowering at him too. <laughs> I, I feel like she has seen this happen before. Like she has seen her father smash a man's face in. She at least knows that he can. And when she, when Matrix is hauling her around by you know a pinky finger, we all get the impression he's very strong. He does I, give off that impression. Yes. Uh, his fighting style leaves a lot to be uh, desired, but we'll see that later on. Cut to a soaking wet uh, from the neck up matrix wandering around LAX like he's lost his cell phone. He is not stealthy at all. He just, yeah, no, he's just he he looks like he's carrying on like he just woke up from being hit on the head. <laughs> he's just like, what? What? Where? When's lunch? Is it? Is it Tuesday? Where's everybody? <laughs> 
Where's Sally? <laughs> so we see that Sully is actually over by that bank of payphones. He's still. taking his sweet time getting out of that airport. <laughs> he doesn't have anywhere to be for 11 hours. Like I, I, I try to figure out the time frame on this because I actually stopped watching it last week, like right after right after the scene in which the Jenny says the whole, you know, it'll be nice to see him smash her face in. And I thought that Sully had left while Ma- while Matrix was, you know, coming back from ripping himself, ripping his way out of an airplane. <laughs> I mean, I just, you know, how long could that have taken? He, I guess he wanted to make the phone call right then and there. Cause this is before. Right. But, phones. but he, he made the call when the, when the plane took off. But so, and the entire time that, that, that Matrix is tearing himself out of the plane and running back across the tarmac and hitching a ride with a fire truck, Sully's just, standing around making crank calls apparently <laughs> you know asking somebody if they're if they're you know if, if they're uh if their refrigerator is running because he seems yeah. like the kind of person who would do that well yes he absolutely does seem like he's, he, he i think he's reflective he likes to process things <laughs> takes him a while he's I, a I think slow he's, thinker yeah or he might be thinking well you know anytime a a, a foxy stewardess might just you might just walk past me and what do you know and that foxy uh stewardess is played by ray dong chong and she gives it all, all the valley girl twang she happens to possess she's yeah she's got it for the for the most of this uh segment she kind of got a little of that willie scott thing going on and it, it's <laughs> uh it's a little hard to take at times to, to be honest it's- yeah it was it was that's true she just kept slapping her face like Home Alone style. What is <laughs> happening? Oh my God! No, I, no, I want to stay in the car. I want to come with you. No, but what are you doing? No, but uh, no, I want to help you save your daughter. But I just what's qu- going on? And just quipping away while two men are just beating the ever loving crap out of each other. Oh, you macho guys, or whatever she said. <laughs> Macho bullshit, I believe is how she refers to it later on. She's at least a different kind of presence. I don't know. It, it's it, the the need to put an everyman in this situation. I guess she's the audience surrogate from now on. Of Well, we, we you know, one could assume that initially, was this written for Arnold Schwarzenegger? Because I feel like, you know, at some point this character was was going to be set up to be a love interest. But we know that the, of the many things Arnold Schwarzenegger can do, God bless him, uh, <laughs> generating chemistry with a leading lady is not one of them. No. he. I mean, maybe the closest he might have gotten was Sandal Bergman in, in Conan the Barbarian. And, and that is it. Oh, yeah. yeah I don't know. Remember Kindergarten Cop? he and uh what's her name penelope ann miller i think it was was it i maybe some one of those 90s actresses that was you know so close was it john travolta's wife no kelly preston kelly i don't think kelly preston is in kindergarten Kindergarten cop Cop. i think it i think it's penelope well whatever they they had some hot chemistry going on That's a, I'm going to take your word for it. Yeah. Um, Sandal Bergman, <laughs> I think, has the advantage of being Sandal fucking Bergman. I mean, she exudes like everyone within a mile radius is immediately turning their head going, 
what is that magical creature walking down this dusty well, medieval I he, street? I think he would be immediately attracted to someone who looks like she could beat him in arm wrestling. Yes, absolutely true. And that is not Radon Chong's forte. Let's no. put it out that way. No. She's good at screeching. And yes, and running around in heels, so which is which is impressive. She keeps those heels on for for much of the movie. Yes, they're a low heel, but still, even still. And her blue blazer that never came off. <laughs> she keeps it formal for a long time. And uh, we Sully is trying to pick up on her in the sleaziest manner possible oh is that what he was doing he, he's taking he's taking the i'm going to interrupt your phone call approach to, to i didn't even someone. recognize that i didn't even recognize that as someone trying to pick i was like he's what? he's he's, he he's pulling like a mst3k on her phone call and just commenting <laughs> on it which is kind of hard to do when you're only getting half the phone call but he can sense whatever uh, date she's attempting to set up is not going well. But I also don't think that's the best way to pick up on a girl. Like, hey, the date you were thought you might be having isn't happening. Guess you need someone else to go to dinner with. Well, you know, no. I mean, when you're when you're fresh out of roofies, you you, you go with what you <laughs> what you get you have, which is yeah, his that. his charm and his ability to talk while clenching a cigarette in his teeth. <laughs> It's true. He has independent jaw and lip movement, which, you know, can be an advantage. <laughs> and then he follows her into a parking garage and there's no one around. And she's just like, wait, what? Why are you following me? And, and, yeah. and the, the, like, the, funniest, the funniest part about this to me in, in is such a setup can be funny is that he is clearly at least two inches shorter than her <laughs> and quite possibly maybe 15 to 20 pounds lighter than her. So I'm not quite sure what she's actually intimidated by, but I, I it's guess the tie. It's the wallpaper tie. <laughs> yeah. And he's a wily target because you've already seen how he can manipulate a, a cigarette in his mouth and still talk. You know, what if you try punching him and he just snakes out of the way like a dance partner of Paula Abdul's? <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> um, just so everyone knows, that parking structure that she is parked in that she was going to take a flight from, you would now pay $18 an hour to park in there. That is crazy. By the way, I once had to do that when Becky and I were so late getting to our flight going to Italy uh, that we just parked directly across. And our parking ended up being a good three quarters of our ticket to Italy. Wow. Yeah. But we made it. So <laughs> you don't remember anything about Italy, but you remember. I remember <laughs> where I parked. <laughs> and how much it cost. The Italy was a blur. It was a it was a lot yeah, of well, wine. who cares? Eh, yeah. What's to remember? That's what I have pictures for. <laughs> um, Everybody's been to Italy, but not everyone is as stupid as y'all do have paid. That's <laughs> true. It's what uh, that's how we stand out. <laughs> um, and so he tries a couple different, you know, tactics with her. Uh, you're a flying prostitute and you're a fucking whore. Mm -hmm. Neither of these seem to work, which and, I and, find strange. And I would like to give you my penis as a gift. Yes, <laughs> which is something to give you. I have a penis in case that was not abundantly clear. <laughs> <laughs> I keep it in the trunk of my Porsche. <laughs> no, that's not a good finisher. You're a fucking whore. That's not going to 
bring all the boys to the yard. That's not a good hook. And yet, and yet he's and yet he's entirely unshocked when she pops back up later, which would suggest <laughs> to me that that has worked in the past. Like, oh, wait a second. I am a fucking whore. You're right. <laughs> finally told must have happened in his past. You finally told me what I've needed to hear for so long. Oh, some, be- <laughs> some guys just don't. Reality come- check. I just needed someone to say it to know that it was real. And that's and- Sully's dating tips. <laughs> uh, she does uh, get to call him. She says, from what I, she's all, oh, I have something to give you. Um, and she's like, no, thanks. And goes, but you haven't even seen it yet. And she goes, well, from what I see from here, it's a fucking nightmare. And I really like that line. It's underrated. <laughs> I haven't seen it, uh, but it's a fucking nightmare. So yeah, we have a prostitute and you're a fucking whore. So if you have an eighties action movie, bingo card, Stamp it now. Uh, Cindy drops the top on her Carmen Ghia and is immediately grabbed by the hand of Matrix. Who has uh, who, who has somehow snuck into, the, as if Arnold Schwarzenegger could sneak into, around, or above anything. But he's yeah. managed to sneak past Sully. Yeah, I don't know how this could possibly have happened. Because when he pulls his hand over her neck... It look he has the world's biggest fucking hands. It looks like Frankenstein <laughs> has just emerged behind her. <laughs> it's huge. And uh Solly pulls off into his yellow Porsche, which means they have to, that he's gonna grab Cindy and he's gonna use her car to take af- after no, him. No, no, no. You he does not Sully does not leave right away because somehow Sully manages to miss Matrix ripping. The passenger seat out of Cindy's car, yeah, and and he's maybe fifty yards away, <laughs> and just does not even notice this. That's I mean, it, are they not supposed to be? I mean, Sully is supposed to be part of the original crew, is he mm-hmm. not? Where where so this was like you know, the best of the best, the elite soldier, and has <laughs> missed a you know two hundred and fifty pound mass of hair and muscle sneaking right past him and someone ripping out a car seat. Well that's the power of rejection. Maybe he was just so distraught he could not believe that this woman he turned him down. Sitting in his car putting on Journey's open arms. <laughs> Come on, Sully, you you had a girl that you liked and you could have just said that she was pretty. You wanted to see her sometime, but no, you had to call her a fucking whore again. Stupid and that Sully, only works stupid. four out of ten times. <laughs> yeah, he rips out the passenger seat just to make some room for his legs, I guess. I thought that he needed to lay down, but no, he's just sitting there just in full view of everybody. I mean, that's the crazy thing. It's like <laughs> the idea here is you rip it out of of the uh, uh, of the um of the car so you would be able to to lower yourself so you wouldn't be seen so it looks like she's just in there by herself but he's so massive it just looks like he they lowered the chair a couple of inches like he's basically her same height this is not stealth what's going on why did they choose i mean why as a prop did they use that tiny little car was it to make him look bigger 
because it was probably it. funny. And yeah, yeah they're they're very the, the the convertible budget in this motion picture is very high. <laughs> Patrick, right. you you as a as a Los Angelenos, yes, um, are convertibles a, a big thing out there? Because you never see them here. Yes, they are. I they are much more prominent. I have several neighbors who have convertibles. We owned a, a convertible at one point. Um, most of our cars have sunroofs or even moonroofs that you can see through just because we don't get the same amount of, uh, crazy weather. So yeah, you can, you can sprint around with the top down if you wish. And, you know, if you want to end up going somewhere with a hairstyle where you, where you look like you invented a time machine. <laughs> and you need to find that kid to take him back to 1955 to make sure that his parents get together. Cause that's how you're going to fucking look after you get out of that car. Yeah. But in LA, so they have all these different cars they could have used and they use this tiny little car. I, yeah. I think you're right, Amy. I think it's to make him look giganto. Uh, well, yeah. But uh, what's his name? The Sully dude. He was in the, uh, another tiny little car. Yeah. It looks like it, when they're like, racing each other it looks like two little matchbox cars just being banged together <laughs> yeah they're both really small yes it's a weird choice i guess because there's so much ma- uh, muscle mass being pushed out el- elsewhere they needed something to be dainty so they went with cars matrix and cindy uh spent about five minutes dodging traffic and trading whips with one another and after the first punchline arnold looks and her with like this confused glare that I guess it's supposed to be astonishment that she's quick and that, that she, she will punch back um, or maybe it's amusement, but it really looks like he's talking to a person with a giant chicken head on their body. He just looks at her like, are you from outer space? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. That is always his look. <laughs> when does he never, yeah, you know, he, why, he, when does, Particularly in this movie, he spends, he has two expressions, angry and baffled. (laughs) And he is baffled a great amount of the time. Like he, it's hard to have a hero who constantly looks confused (laughs) when someone just says something to him in English. He's like, what? In the middle of the mall, when he's looking at the bar, even that he's looking at like, what is this bar in the middle of this Sherman Oaks mall? Well, I don't know. That was Arnold in his younger years. Maybe he really was confused. <laughs> he was like, true. we don't have this in Austria. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, they definitely, if they're trying to portray him as, you know, he's just kind of lived this quiet, isolated life in his you know, little mountain cabin. I mean, that you know, job well done because he definitely looks and acts like someone who has just emerged from a cave after 10 years yeah he pulled that off well <laughs> way to go uh in a bit of la la land geography magic uh they're able to follow sully all sully all the way from lax to the late great sherman oaks galleria which would have been deep in the valley of la county for those uh you know counting at home uh, this has been the, the same mall that you might have seen in as the interiors in Fast Times at Ridgemont High and also Chopping Mall. So this was a well-worn piece of mall traffic uh, in the early 80s. And why, does it, and why does Sully have to go to the mall? Because it was the 80s. We, we were always yeah. at the mall all the time. It was the siren call. I mean, there was why go anywhere else than to this bar 
inside of a mall, <laughs> which by the way, uh, that, that bar used to be the arcade that Damone sells concert tickets out of in fast times. You know what else it used to be? What's that? A great place for hunting slash. Because oh. <laughs> you know, Patrick, you can find the highest, most best quality slash at a mall fun eatery. <laughs> well, it has to be fun. They have wacky things on the wall. I mean, whatever, if I'm to misquote the Simpsons. <laughs> um, so they find parking very easily which was not a facet of going to the Sherman Oaks Galleria. I can tell you from personal uh, experience, uh, but matrix lays out a very simple plan. Sydney's like, what the fuck is happening? And why am I still involved in this? So his plan is this, you go inside, you tell Sully, I'm crazy about you. Follow me back to this undisclosed location. And then I'll beat the, uh, the the place you know the information out of him where to find my daughter seems simple enough does it though <laughs> does it <laughs> no it, it doesn't really it's it, and to the film's credit she does not follow the plan so i'll give it that but it sounds even crazier when he says they kidnapped my daughter and if i don't go fly to this place they're going to kill her anyway it's kind of like oh this sounds weird it's a, the the more everyone explains it the weirder it sounds so yeah so he leads her into the mall she follows sully into this fun eatery bar inside the sherman oaks gallery it's like a beefsteak charlie's or something (laughs) (laughs) like a ruby tuesdays but with darker wood and um and apparently a banging single scene or so it used to be yeah it was very crowded at that bar there's a lot of people there's a lot of people there's a lot of uh, very elaborately dressed people inside of it so that must have been where the hoy and polloi of Sherman Oaks met <laughs> to quote unquote hunt slash Ugh, gross. I'm pretty sure that was a phrase that was invented entirely for the script. <laughs> yeah. We haven't really illustrated just how much of a piece of shit Sully is. Let, let's give him just something absolutely dreadful to say. We have to remind people. This isn't someone who's trustworthy. I know he looks that way, <laughs> it but was, he is not. It was either that or have him park in a handicapped spot in the, in the parking garage. Oh, <laughs> that would have been good. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was too early for him to use a cell phone near a child and say, hold on, honey, this is a business call. So they had to be inventive. And that's where the this is a great place to hunt slash line comes from. Uh, this place is named Kerwin's Bar. And the one thing I noticed about this version of Sherman Oaks Mall, and I think they must have added it specifically for this movie because I don't remember seeing it when I was actually there. Uh, It certainly doesn't show up in Chopping Mall or or Fast Times. And that is, it's covered in colorful tubes. Tubes tubes everywhere. As only the the 80s could be. Mm -hmm. The finest 80s pastels. (laughs) And neon. Uh, Yes. Neon everywhere. uh, Everything. Uh, so Cindy goes inside of Kerwin's bar, immediately finds a security guard who's just there hanging out because this is what the security guards of this joint do. If they're anywhere, they're hanging out, talking to a girl instead of (laughs) 
securing the mall. Um, and she says, this guy is following me. He's crazy. You need to arrest him and put him in mall jail. And so this guy looks out and says, uh, hey, I need help with this guy. And they cut to this this other security guard who's picking up on the most 80s of women uh, times two and says, hey, you want to see me kick some ass? Now, now all, uh, I, all I can say is if you've ever known anyone who's worked in security, that is the most accurate portrayal of anything in any movie ever. Is that right? <laughs> they, th- you know, those those gentlemen are extraordinarily pleased with themselves. <laughs> We're talking security guards in general or mall cops? Well, mall cops specifically, but security guards, in, in generally speaking, also tend to take a sort of, okay, stand back. I'm going to do something really cool. And it usually, <laughs> just, in, usually just involves taking out a key ring with a lot of keys on it. <laughs> uh, this very same security guard who is uh, flirty with a couple of girls gets on the radio once he spies Matrix and describes him as one gigantic motherfucker. <laughs> He separates motherfucker into two separate words. And uh, I kind of liked it the way he said it. You know, they wanted to, use, you know, they wish they could have used that for the uh, full quote. Oh, the on promo? The, yeah. On the, on the, uh, on the, the, the VHS box. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One gigantic motherfucker. <laughs> uh, I will say perhaps um, Kerwin's bar is such a great place to quote unquote hunt slash. Uh, because it looks like a chess king exploded somewhere inside of it. Everyone is heavily lapelled and tightly cinched at the waist inside. <laughs> well, that was the look. It was the look. Cindy emerges, plain possum, but then Matrix smells more security guards downwind. <laughs> he can smell desperation uh, a mile uh, away. I was going to say, he can smell desperation and probably a... a- considerable amount of brute aftershave <laughs> but he was so awkward i thought just standing there like hiding but like not at all hiding i'm, I'm gonna hide half by enormous body behind this pillar yeah in, in the middle in the very middle in the very epicenter of the food court i'm just gonna stand here and awkwardly look around yeah well he's it's like the crow's nest of the mall i don't even know why that exists to have a walkway on it and yet it does uh and he is matrix is then surrounded by seven security guards and what we see is matrix's hand-to-hand combat skills uh <laughs> up close and personal and he seems to swing his fists around like there are weights at the end of it like if he had a kettlebell <laughs> and he was just swinging his hams around and hits people with them he's also, without actually touching them he's, he's also very Which is clearly fo- happening he's fond of the uh the grabbing someone's hand and throwing them over his shoulder move yes like he, he does that a lot. that a lot he's a big fan of it um he basically every time he touches someone they fly across the screen <laughs> his hands are like a, a bus that it, when it hits you 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 fly back a full block um, and he's he is he's irking it all over the place in this in this in this scene <laughs> just you know just 
bellowing like like a steer being wrestled to the ground um in the middle of this um sully was meeting a guy to uh, buy passports i guess to sneak themselves out of the country and into valverde once matrix has uh you know taken out the new president and once the commotion starts to happen and sully notices that it's matrix he immediately starts he immediately pulls out a gun and starts shooting people and so does the passport guy and this is when cindy realizes oh he must have been telling me the truth because those guys are shooting people which does not track for me but okay yeah and then um, and then from that point on well i mean there is a part in the drawing where she gets a little screechy again but but after <laughs> after uh sully is killed off she gets way into helping him which is a little implausible <laughs> Yeah, like she's on board. All of a sudden, she's like backing up in the surplus store with the rocket launcher and everything else. And, and that and that scene in the motel where she's like, "Room service." <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> "Wow, that's really okay." That was you gave more to that than I really needed to or expected you to. Mm-hmm. Well, he knew what he was doing when he chose her. Obviously, um, my favorite part of the sequence in the mall is when Sully. Uh, sees Matrix and then sees Cindy and goes, give me a quarter. And he reaches into her purse blind and appears to pull out a quarter (laughs) (laughs) and runs Give me a quarter because I can't can't wait to leave this shopping mall where people are (laughs) being shot in front of me to make a phone call. Yeah, he's got to, I guess he figures that Matrix is occupied by the 11D uh security guards that he's in hand-to-hand combat with and he goes over to the most cylindrical of <laughs> phone booths. it looks like a, it looks like like a pneumatic tube that used to use to go to the bank yes. <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, just, I, just, I, just, so. I just expected him to go in there and he like Foop, and then he just like somehow like <laughs> ends up in the parking lot but this is uh, my no. this is my this is my favorite scene in the whole movie though it honestly <laughs> is because yeah, he just just casually stroll matrix casually strolls over there and just picks up the phone booth and starts yes. and starts shaking sully in it like a snow globe <laughs> or like he's taking out the trash like putting the trash in the dumpster or something. <laughs> gotta get every bit of trash out of this trash bag <laughs> like he's trying to uh, scare a squirrel out of a trash can it's very weird <laughs> Sully has a gun and he shoots it once, but then he's too busy bracing himself to do anything else because Matrix just picks up that entire phone booth (laughs) off of its mooring and body slams it to the ground. (laughs) You know, it sounds stupid when you describe it. (laughs) (laughs) It it seems very natural in motion. You ruined it for me. I feel like that's going to be the theme of, of this series is it sounds stupid when you describe it. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like, oh, wait, oh, wait, oh, no, you're kind of right. <laughs> yeah, it is stupid in motion, but it's happening so fast. You barely have time to realize what's going on. In the meantime, that passport dealer uh, gets into a shootout with the other two armed guards in the whole mall. Yeah. Uh, I, I need to ask, like in in eighty five, eighty five, yeah. Los Angeles, were were mall security guards packing heat? I want to say no, but I think they're. I, I don't. Well, this movie is not an accurate portrayal of anything. It's not a documentary. It's what? not a documentary. <laughs> <laughs> what? 
I know. I'm it's thinking the other think. direction. I'm thinking because it was 1985, they they were packing heat. Um, I. It depends on the state. Well, it was California. So. It's California. I, I just. It's weird that from, only three of these guards have guns and no one, none of the other ones don't. It's it's that's what I find weird. But I guess they have to have a shootout. Uh, they manage to shoot that passport guy to death, and he flings his his briefcase full of cash everywhere. But we never get that scene of people, people hungrily. <laughs> suddenly no longer fearing for their suddenly no longer fearing for their lives and stopping to scoop up handfuls of money yeah oh a dollar i got myself a 20 what's happening on the fourth floor i'm gonna get a corn dog (laughs) orange julius on me bang 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 what's going on What's happening? Okay, I'll take a corn dog, some mustard, some ketchup, tomatoes. Wait, what? That those laser discs at Suncoast aren't going to buy themselves. That's right, man. You got to get into the get those chinos at the Gap while you got some folding money. Uh, so he falls to his death. Uh, goodbye. After shooting two people square in the chest, he did not even have a name. Did he even no. have any dialogue? I don't think he actually had any dialogue. Not well. I mean, the star dialogue. of the movie barely has dialogue, <laughs> so that's not like a thing in this movie. Um, so Matrix has leapt over a bunch of different levels here, but once Sully, uh, I at one point, all of the security guards dog pile onto Arnold Schwarzenegger and he literally <laughs> leaps up and everyone explodes <laughs> off of him. No, like it's fucking yeah. 300. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they had been laying on a bomb or something. But to me, it didn't look like he he leapt up. It looked like he just casually like stood up and they somehow like exploded off of him. He's like he's, he's like casually a, standing up can let yes. makes people fly. Like, yeah, he kind of does, he just kind of stands up and sure shakes them off like a like a, like a man playing with a bunch of toddlers at a birthday party. It's like, <laughs> all right, kids, that's enough. And they just go flying in all directions, and then they die. <laughs> presumably um, so all their all their spines are immediately shattered right yes <laughs> their head their heads come off somehow <laughs> they just fall into a bunch of pieces like they were lego minifigures no like one on top of the other that always happens <laughs> yeah I, I will say this movie is lacking from just matrix just punching someone's head clean off their body <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Who knows? Maybe in the 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 third act, that's or or, or just punching someone on their face just shatters like a piece of ceramic. Yeah, why not? Why not? Why not? We're not getting that. It would it would actually probably make it more realistic. <laughs> so Sully makes a run for it. He gets into an elevator on the other side. He, of he the, takes this. the slowest way possible to escape <laughs> from this movie. It's just. It's like, I got to get in this elevator. I, I, One. Come on. Come on. I really, let that lady in. I really wanted I really wanted to see a scene of like just Patrick just, you know, murdering security guards left and right. And then it cuts to Sully standing in the elevator, slowly going down. <laughs> Somebody comes on with a walker. <laughs> Floor number two, Sunny. <laughs> Tennis ball comes off the bottom and 
<laughs> he goes off and stops at the sports store and buys some tennis balls and oh, so puts he. Them on. Well, he's you know he's, he's complicated. We already we already established that with the design patterns of his shirt and tie. Mm-hmm. He's complicated. Um, Arnold, or at least his stunt double. Uh, grabs one of those colorful tubes and Tarzans across the fucking mall onto the top of that elevator. And that is an amazing goddamn stunt. I will give it up. That is a real person doing that. And that looks pretty fucking Was that awesome. Arnold? Oh, hell no. Why? That, he, he, did, he, he didn't do his own stunts? No, when he gets, when Sully hits him with a car, that's also his stunt double. Oh, that clearly, that was an entirely different human being. Well, you're yes. a lot closer to him in that shot than <laughs> the other one. The other one, then you need yes. a lot of scope to get the, because that the, the distance that he fucking travels on that. And his geometry is goddamn glorious to be able to know where, how long of a tube to grab and that he can swing all that way on top of the elevator. Tube. So, but you're saying that Arnold, <laughs> he didn't do his own stunts. I mean, he I didn't did know like this. fight stunts and stuff, but no, he wasn't swinging. It seems from like a that mall. would be a thing for him. He's not like, he's never been known as like a Jackie Chan sort of, or uh, Tom Cruise where he needs to be in the action. That that wasn't his bag. That wasn't an 80s thing. That was a very wiggy stunt time. So Sully gets to his car. He takes off. He runs over um, Arnold. Matrix gets in the Carmen Ghia, makes chase. They circle around the mall because they don't want to take left-hand turns. And Cindy <laughs> just happens to walk out in front of the yes, car. I love that. Um, meanwhile, James Horner's soundtrack sounds like uh, some sort of Jamaican Christmas yes! album on speed. <laughs> With the steel drums already. What's going on? I don't know. But it Are we is... on a cruise all of a sudden? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's foreshadowing. It's going to, they're, they're ultimately going to end up on a cruise or in the Caribbean somehow. <laughs> um, but they zip and they zap across Ventura Boulevard in the valley in these very tiny cars, but somehow <laughs> magically end up in the hills above Los Feliz and, and I think around Griffith Park because this looks very Hollywood sign area. They're, they're signaling that it's supposed to be Mulholland. But Mulholland doesn't have cliffs on the le- on the right side of the street, so I'm pretty sure this is a Griffith Park sort of thing. And uh, Matrix forces Sully off the road they, after they, he they, slams up a bunch of times with a car. They they drive in. He and Cindy drive into a pole at full speed. Mm-hmm. Neither of them are in seatbelts. Now, right. now <laughs> they, right. they, she doesn't even have a seat. They they should have been they, they should have been flung into oblivion. Nope, they're fine. Just a little shake it up. But She'll he immediately fine. turns to her. You okay? <laughs> sure. Okay. He's not a monster. No, he's Amy. a gentleman. He's he's a gentleman. <laughs> um, and so all of this is about Jenny. Yes. So singular focus. It's the ultimate dad, really. <laughs> He's the ultimate dad. And what what more dad-like thing can it be than if someone knows where your kidnapped daughter is, you pick him up by his ankle and the and the arm that's your weak arm and say, I need information. Oh, wait, I already have it. So what is the possum that he's playing? Like, what is the game here? If he already has the motel key. Why is he asking Sully if he'll give up information? Just hoping that he has more? He's just fucking with him. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I think so he could end up saying something like, what did he say when he dropped him? 
uh, you remember when I said I wasn't going to kill you? I lied. Yeah, he he's setting all he, for that he's moment. setting up the quip. Yeah, exactly. And that's always what he's doing. I think he's a funny guy. I think he's, I think he's, I think funny. he's funny, but does he know he's funny? I think he knows. <laughs> Maybe he didn't know early on, but. At some point, I think you learned how to do it. But I, these these puns in particular work better if you don't know you're funny. Like there's a really there's a bit of airplane happening here where they hired someone to do comedy who has no capacity for comedy. It's anti comedy, and it's funny because he has no way to punch it up. He just because says he's, lines. He's sincere. Yes, I don't know. He he seems like he he kind of knows. <laughs> he he's a smart guy. <laughs> Um, and he drops. I didn't remember Sully's dummy looking so prominent. I thought I thought they had a better look at an actual person dropping, but no, that's a very dummy uh, <laughs> dropping to its death in and Sully's uh, multi uh, textured clothing. I, I do so love a good obvious mannequin. Yes, <laughs> that, that's like one of my favorite things in obvious wigs and obvious mannequins. It's excellent. A willing suspension of disbelief. You're like. Oh yeah, okay. That that's that could be a dead person. <laughs> that's Sully, uh, all right. It looks like a stuffed animal I saw, you know, Target. But. <laughs> uh, cut to a lovely secluded seaside mansion where Arius has just made landfall. This is apparently where he's amassed an army uh, that he's unwilling to use for some reason. This plan does not necessarily make sense. Uh, every time Bennett shows up on camera, he looks seriously bored. Uh, and they lock up Jenny in a in a room like she's a regular Frozen or something. <laughs> no, but I love that the the torture for this kid is we're going to put you in this gorgeous room without furniture. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have to sit on the ground. You can't sit in a chair. Ooh. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, without about eight hours left in his time window. Matrix has discovered that Sully had key to number five at the Sunset Motel. I have no idea where the Sunset Motel is. Uh, I did not research it. I was hoping it would pop into my hand. I don't know where this is or where they or if they decorated a location. I have no concept. But uh, inside of room number five, we happen to see the most glass brick ever used in a single space. Yeah, it looks like a dentist's it, office. <laughs> oh my god if you want to know what kind of shit sandwich la design was in the 1980s it's glass brick everywhere uh but uh-oh spaghettios bill duke's cook is back and he is driving the largest cadillac ever to roll off the line in detroit well he's a large man he's a large man but that is a car that's that's like a boat yeah, I, and the this, this scene kills me because, again, you can see how how quickly Cindy has decided, yeah, all right, I'm going to just go along with this. In fact, I'm not going to go, not just going to go along with this. I'm going to just play it up a little bit. And so she's she's fine with 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 the uh, Matrix telling her, oh, just pretend you're sleeping with Sully. OK, <laughs> and let me let me let me you know, tear open your shirt a little bit so it looks good. Yeah. And well, she's just decorating. And she's all given, you know, you know, sultry looks and and you know, coming up with her own, you know, her own little quips about, you know, you know, where's Sully in the shower? Who are you? Room service. <laughs> it's Room like, service. And it's just like it's, it's very natural. It came very fast for her. But you know, I think maybe it's her stewardess training. You know, wait, or was she a pilot? Wait, well, she, I don't know. <laughs> 
I she's she, all those uh, she was a, a a flight attendant training to be a pilot. I I believe a flight att- one of those. Yes, yeah. so so common. <laughs> well, she's a flight attendant. She is training to become a pilot. She is a fucking whore. She has multitudes, and so <laughs> this and honey and trap. She, and she's room service. Then she's room service. That's number four. Uh, she lures cook inside. And then what? there's so many fantastic things that happen in this battle. But one of them is cook walks in the door and Matrix taps him on the right shoulder and he turns around. Who did he think that was? There's, I, he, I love the fact that Matrix punches him and he does not even flinch. Like he. <laughs> He pushes. He 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 goes back, but he's just like, Dip. you know, it's it's nothing. It's nothing. <laughs> this is the this is the fair fight. In yeah, this exactly. Movie. And they kick the shit out of everything and everyone. Uh, Cook fires off a good five rounds into the walls around the room. No one seems to notice. Um, at one point, Matrix comes out of a front roll, and Cook. And kicks Cook with both of his feet into the adjoining room where we discover that the couple there is having sex. But here's the rub. The way I remembered it was a woman sits up and she's topless (laughs) in bed. That's how I remembered it before this rewatch. How I saw it this time in high definition was that the covers come off and there's a guy kneeling dog with his knees on the bed, <laughs> his face away from her. Com- he's facing completely away from her. Why are you and why are you being so delicate about what's happening in this? He's scene? getting pegged. He's getting pegged in <laughs> this that is motel the, room. This is the second time that we have seen a movie in which <laughs> pegging plays a part in it. This is the fourth movie in a row where some sort of of kink thing has been thrown in as a, as a shock the normies bit why why does it need to be thrown in is my question like why couldn't it just be like a couple having sex like I, why do they have to go straight up porn we're already in shock and awe you know this is what happens in the valley though oh okay yeah. content he's, he's just he's content. just encountering some freaks yeah some 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 valley porn is happening in any motel you see. I mean, that was definitely a thing in in eighties action and eighties horror movies. Is just the random couples <laughs> who are really super freaky. Um, I I would think one the one that immediately came to my mind was was Motel Hell, in which mm-hmm. there is a very long scene in which in which the guests at the 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 titular hotel are you know they're they're super kinky and nobody knows what to do about them and it's and it's funny and weird and gross and we know that the audience is deeply uncomfortable with this couple who likes to do stuff like tie each other up i I guess (laughs) circa 1980 that was super wacky i don't know but this this is definitely this is definitely like a thing in 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 80s movies to have that's just, interesting just it's, having that's having the the protagonists just kind of in, randomly encounter people just you know getting their getting they freak on well my favorite is in tango and cash when they're having that car chase in the parking lot and one of their cars taps another car while they're making a tight turn and a woman completely topless pops up like, whoa, like she was having, they were having sex in this convertible car 
in a parking garage. Well, maybe that's number two. Number one is Demolition Man when a woman cold calls Sylvester Stallone on a video phone with no no top on. <laughs> as one does. Yeah, as one does. <laughs> Happens all the time in the future where you video phone people. I mean, we don't do that now. That's that's the future we're talking about. Visionaries. Visionaries. So this is, it's a fun little, you know, uh, rock'em, sock'em robots bit. Uh, Cook says this green beret is going to kick your ass. And Arnold says, I eat green berets for lunch and I'm very hungry. And then he just, uh, and then he just impales them on a piece of wood like a green beret vampire. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and gets no information from him whatsoever. They, <laughs> they then search his corpse, uh, which is uh, quickly bleeding out. Um, and they find a receipt for uh, airplane fuel. And this is where we get the first hint that uh, Cindy has multitudes. And she also knows where people get airplane fuel and why. Uh, we'll later, later learn that she knows the difference between amphibious fuel <laughs> and regular jet fuel. So there's also that as well. <laughs> oh, my God. I cannot believe we found another movie with people pegging that we had not known that this was happening. And okay, Second so bonus episode in a row. This is crazy. I cannot believe this. And why did that trend change? Like, why did they go, you know, I, don't I know. think maybe we don't need to uh, peg anymore in movies. <laughs> Not until uh, not did, until Deadpool. There there was a there was a pegging yeah. uh, a pegging gag in, in in Deadpool. Yeah, maybe it'll it's all coming back, <laughs> circling back as it were. So this jet fuel uh, bill uh, that Cook happens to have in his pocket leads to a place called a Patria Enterprises, um, where Matrix tears a metal chain in half with his bare hands yeah, that was that was something that was impressive like i can believe that he could like crowbar open a fucking chain but you're telling me he can just grab a chain and two hands not even where the lock is because that yeah. would be the weakest they point. were on the other side of it and he just like with not even a with not even a grunt. No, not even a grunt. He just like oh, yeah, he doesn't even. Grunt. He's just like blip. It's it's nothing. Uh, he then signals Cindy to go take the low road. He'll take the high road. He Spider Man's up uh, inside of this warehouse because it's the eighties. You gotta have a warehouse. And hello, uh, Footloose. Shout out to Footloose. <laughs> Shout out to Footloose. Uh, to discover that the invasion of Valverde is proceeding from this location. You have all sorts of people inside, uh, apparently cleaning their mortar guns. That was weird. You don't really need to polish your anti, uh, your anti-aircraft guns necessarily before shipping them across an ocean. But okay, whatever. It's busy work. But you don't really know that. I know that one guy was was working it with a rag, like he had just waxed it. That's that's a that's not really proper procedure even for mercenaries oh okay uh, <laughs> i read the manual and um arnold uh adds his list of the names of actors who think that being stealthy means running like bluto and animal house <laughs> and he crawls around on the ground and 
it would, I don't know how anyone would miss him because he's gigantic. It would be like, Hey, let's bring that horse in with us, but make sure it, it doesn't get seen by anybody else. He's How's not, not he, everyone going to miss that horse? Yeah. He, I mean, he's, he's in these narrow hallways and just like very quickly just kind of ducks behind a wall and no <laughs> one sees him. Well, it's the same thing he did at the mall. <laughs> I don't think he's really trying to hide. No, he doesn't he, really care. He, he, he just he, he beats the holy like, hell out of anyone who that's finds right. him. All that's he's right. missing is like a single branch of some leaves hanging on that he just holds <laughs> in front of his face and say, look, I'm a tree now. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, and a sign that says rabbit season on the other side says duck season so he could fool people who <laughs> are trying to kill him. Um <laughs> He does find one person located in the sort of um, uh, project manager's sh- shack which, which, has very nice little, which has a very nice little coffee service set up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a mini fridge. I mean, there's a lot going on in there. The amenities are top notch. Uh, and like this a ping pong is, table or something. <laughs> this might be as close as we get to him punching someone in the face and their, and their head shattering. <laughs> because <laughs> he gives this guy one club and he's like bye-bye uh and he just he suplexes him into a closet and we're all done he lets cindy come in through the window because she knows exactly the window to go to and and nobody they also count on nobody coming back into that room they're just standing there just looking through paperwork taking their sweet time and and not, not concerned in the latest about anybody else possibly coming into that room yeah, they were a little too reasonable about how they were taking out the rocket launcher. <laughs> um, I feel like you should have a sense of urgency, at least, <laughs> when you've got a rocket launcher on a cart uh, and you're reversing out of the room. So they find that this the jet fuels for an amphibious plane, and so they know where it's launching from, and they find the coordinates of this secretive secluded mansion in the island off of uh, santa barbara so it's basically uh general arius is living at the same place that james hong was living in the vineyard <laughs> that's a deep cut uh, that's a very deep kill. cut it's <laughs> <laughs> a super deep cut um yeah check out that episode of high and low if you want to hear us and take apart the vineyard um so uh, they just decide, okay, we've got so many hours left to go here. I think he looks at his watch and it's, we've got five hours. How long does it take to get to this island? Two. All right. We're going to go shopping. They find the one army surplus <laughs> place in town that happens to be right next to a construction site. Matrix drives a bulldozer into the front of it. Not the side of it where maybe they could hide it, uh, what they're doing from the outside world. No, right off the street, just straight into the window. And they start slowly shopping for <laughs> deadly items. It's why are, is it such a laconic pace to pick up all these? And he seems to pick up guns, 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 but very little ammo. Like he reaches into a box a shotgun shells and grabs a handful. Like fuck it. Take the whole box. Why, why are you being stingy? You're because going to need those. Does, maybe he won't. Maybe he won't. It turns out he will need all of his bullets. In the I, third I, act. I, I would love it. If there was a scene where he, he takes some, he takes some shotgun shells and then you know, takes another handful of bullets out of his pockets and puts them there. Like, you know, take a penny, leave a penny. <laughs> 
Oh, that's a good idea. Spread the love. Well, he did tell her they were going to go shopping. Yes. So that seems to be like a motif in this movie or this part of the movie anyway. Shopping and he's just gonna write. He's just gonna write on a piece of notebook paper. I owe you forty seven thousand dollars. Well, he's arrested by the police because he takes too fucking long. They put him in a paddy wagon, and on the trip to the police station, he looks through the grate where the two cops are driving. He goes, "Call General Flynn or call what is his name." I just I just name checked the guy who committed a treason. Uh Kirby. Come on, call, call Kirby. He'll explain everything. Like, no one's gonna call up some rando army guy. Go, can you explain why this guy broke into and, an army surplus? And would he explain? How would Kirby did, did Kirby know about no. Jenny being kidnapped? So yeah, what would he explain? Well, Kirby knows that Jenny and John are gone, but he doesn't know what's happening. We we only see that aftermath. And he goes, I don't you know, wherever he is, he's got to be pissed. Wherever and he is, he's last, killing a lot of people. As he's been known to do. Meanwhile, they arrest him. They don't look for anything else, like where he might have been taking all of those guns. Because Cindy just drives out of the parking lot of this place. Yeah, how did she get away? A, a fuck if I, well, she was. She was at the all, front of the store, right? Yeah. Well, no, she was, she was taking that shopping cart full of guns and ammo and stuff. To the to Cook's Cadillac. Right, so, through the front of the store. Right. But the cops arrive after that because he's gri- he's grabbing 30 more guns <laughs> and a handful of shotgun shells. Surely she was still loading that stuff into the car at that point, though, right? She was loading that stuff, and do not call me Shirley. <laughs> but this gives us the excuse for her to drive out and follow this paddy wagon, which no one thinks is a big deal. And then she kind of, again, of her own volition, tries to flirt with the two guys in the paddy wagon in an effort to lure them out. What was her play in there? Uh, no, it, the cop leaned out first. He 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 engaged her first. Well, I just don't understand how that Not adds that, that to explains the, anything. That but... explains how exactly she comes to the plane of, all right, mm-hmm. they've driven away from this stoplight. So this is when I'm going to grab a rocket launcher fire it in the wrong direction killing god knows how many people (laughs) she then turns it around and aims it at this paddy wagon that the person she's trying to rescue is inside of this is not a good plan she aimed it down though she aimed it at the wheels (laughs) (laughs) i think she's lucky I think everyone's lucky that she only killed two police officers and not John Matrix because those guys are not alive, right? No, no, absolutely no. not. Abs- no, there's they, no they are, they are They are in several pieces. They, they, are, <laughs> they are charbroiled. So that pretty much brings us to the end of this segment. That's our second act. Um, but hold on. It's time for... America's least known game show. It's called Choose Your Own Death Venture. And that's where we decide of the deaths that we witnessed in this section of the movie. If you were forced to die that way, what would you choose? And why? And up for bid in this section, we have dropped from a great height after a pun, uh, speared after a fall into a broken uh, chair leg, uh, maybe punched in the face to death. 
Maybe we're not sure. Uh, and it shot in a mall in Sherman Oaks <laughs> and uh, death by rocket launcher to your paddy wagon. And so Amy, uh, you're our guest. So mm-hmm. what say you? Oh, that's easy for me for sure. The mall. You're going to get shot in the mall. Definitely the mall because you would have had some like, you know, casual shopping. You would have bought some cute shoes. You would have had some frozen yogurt at least before <laughs> before it's all over. So you think those security guards were buying cute shoes and having frozen yogurt before they were shot? I, I can't say they weren't. Yeah, well, they- yeah that passport guy totally was. Oh, the yeah. one uh, guy was, you know, he was flirting with the the hot chick. So, I mean, at least he got to do that. <laughs> That's right. Um, all right, uh, Gina, uh, what do you have to say? Uh, I'm going to say um, impaled on on a uh, on a piece of wood because um, and and I know this is the the falsest thing I've ever said in my entire life. But I, I like to think that, you know, should I meet with an enormous person meaning to kill me, I would put up a fair fight. Before such time as as I as I meet my doom and and I think that he uh he's the closest that uh that Arnold gets to anybody actually being close to matching him, mm-hmm. so I, I I admire that I admire that brute strength and I like to think that I would somehow manage to summon that at the uh at the end of my life I know I won't but I like to think that so well, I I'm going to I'm going to take that I do wonder if you could take Arnold Schwarzenegger at his current age. You know, if I did a running start at his kneecaps, probably. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) That's the Radcliffe spirit. Um, As far as myself, I think I'm going to take punched in the face to death and dumped in a closet. Um, Just just shatter like a porcelain bowl. (laughs) Just have someone put their fist through the back of my skull. And then I get laid to rest in a closet. Right next um, to a, right next to a lovely coffee service. Yeah, so dramatic. You, you'll, so you'll, you'll, <laughs> How is that dramatic? You, you'll you know it'll be How nice for not. It, it'll be nice for when the detectives are investigating your murder. They just have the coffee right there. <laughs> it's, right. it's thoughtful. It's a very convenient crime scene. You're you know. you're thoughtful even in the way that you want to die. <laughs> you're you're, you're you're thoughtful as your face has been pulverized beyond yes. recognition. In life, as I was in death punched square in the face <laughs> and so that pretty much does it uh for uh this episode of kill by kill um but uh don't worry folks uh there's more to come we have a whole third act of this movie uh, who knows what will happen uh gina uh, where can people find you on the internet i write about movies and old television and pop culture at gina radcliffe.com uh i have also uh recently become a featured writer at alcoholhollywood.com where i covered some recent movies that showed at fantasia fest and there's some other stuff coming up so check that out and i am sporadically on twitter at porcelain 72 excellent do it today hey you want to reach out to us the the easiest way to do it on Twitter at kill by kill pod. You have something longer than 280 characters to say. Well, it's been known to happen. Kill by kill pod at gmail.com. Uh, 
gmail.com. Uh, you can see us on Facebook. We have the page and the group to discuss things in more detail. We do fun things on Instagram at Kill by Kill Podcast. Uh, if you haven't, you could rate and review us on iTunes. That's a great way to support the show without a- handing over a single dime. Uh, you can uh, spread the word and tell people about us. And if you do so and tell us, uh, what your favorite kill was in Commando or Friday the 13th movie? We'll, we'll talk about it right here on there. That's our solemn promise to you, the Kill by Kill listener. And so until next time, when the body count continues, uh, for myself, for Amy, for Gina, bye-bye, everybody. Bye.